Hello, everyone, and welcome in to episode 14 of That's What B Said, brought to you by Fansided. I'm your host, Bree, at Breezy Clee. I'm back, ladies. I've got Brittany Mollis here at Bird's Eye View. Hi, Britt. Hello. And Miss Meredith is with us as well at MK on Sports. Hi, Mare. Hello. I'm so happy to talk to you guys this week. I missed you guys so much last week. We missed, we missed you, too. you too. You guys killed it. Loved having Caitlin on in my place. Uh, I, I had a lot of laughs last week when I was listening the next she, day. She I don't was think hilarious. Kate, I, yeah, I don't think Caitlin <laughs> understands how funny she is. I know. I love like, her. Oh, okay, so you know that One Direction song, like, that's what makes you beautiful. Oh, oh, oh. But like, oh, for her, it's like funny. Like, that's like, it's, she's so funny and she doesn't understand how funny she is. And like, she just brightens up the room. Well, I am of the essence of if you have your own podcast where you you do it by yourself and you can actually sustain that then that automatically makes you funny because there's the people that have solo podcasts you typically have to be funny to be able to do that to do that by yourself can you imagine trying to do that by yourself like i would oh oh my god that's like a fear a legit fear of mine to talk about i i hate hosting it when you're not here brie you did great. You I were fine. Sweat, and I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna <laughs> stumble over all my words. <laughs> the sweating. God, and then my stoner voice takes over. Oh yeah, oh. you all, you all missed it. We could have had like <laughs> Brittany stoner voice times a hundred tonight. She logged on tonight, and it was Brittany's speed 0.5, which her regular speed is already 0.5. So it was like 0.25. She logged on, and she was like. Hey guys, and they were like, "Oh, Bree said you sound extra manly." And I was like, "Um, okay, this is just my regular voice. I don't know what you want me to do." She had no idea she sounded differently, so I was just insulting her. I'm just, <laughs> I'm so upset that I ne- that I did not catch that. On I wish I could have heard the way it sounded. I would have died laughing. I think you sounded like this i wish i (laughs) so basically how i sound just a little bit slower yeah it was like it was the way you sound when you slow something down but you weren't slowed down you were talking like normal speed like talking like normal speed kind of sounding like this you should have just left it like that i don't know why you told me you should have just left it like that and let the people deal with it let the people deal with it (laughs) Oh, guys, we have a ton of stuff to get into tonight. Um, lots of Browns chatter. It's, it's uh, a lot of things to talk about regarding the Browns. Lots of rumors flying around. Um, we've got some calf stuff to get into with Andre Drummond and potential trade scenarios. And then we'll touch on um, LeBron James All-Star Game. What's going on out there? But first, we're going to kick off um, with an old friend. Um <laughs> In unrequited love, maybe, for some people, with uh, our friend Carson Wentz, who today got traded to the Indianapolis Colts, um, an AFC team that we potentially have to face next year, depending on what happens um, in the playoffs. Hopefully we get there again. And uh, there was a tweet circulating today from Warren Sharp at Sharp Football that listed out what the Browns did with all the picks that they got from the Eagles in the Wentz trade back in 2017. So as Browns fans, we had to hear about how we missed out on Carson Wentz after we traded or we gave up that pick for the Eagles to trade down. And obviously he had a fantastic season, um, his rookie season. 
I'm so happy, you guys, about how this entire thing played out. Even when I went through this list that Warren Sharp put out there, which is actually slightly embarrassing. God. <laughs> um, but essentially, there's only, what, technically one player on the team still? And that is Ward. Denzel Ward. And technically, yep. I guess Jack Conklin. Like, Jack Conklin came full circle in right. this whole thing. <laughs> But yes, of the five picks that Cleveland got from this trade, there is only one player on this team. And there were, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nine, nineteen different players associated with this. Good lord. My goodness. That is, I honestly, like, had to read this, like, eight times to understand what actually, like, this This already happened, but I still didn't understand it. Well, yeah, if you look at the breakdown, so, like, uh, Jack Conklin became Corey Coleman, Sean Coleman, <laughs> Deshaun oh Kaiser, uh, Deshaun Watson became Jabril Peppers, Denzel Ward, Tyquan yep. Lewis became Chad Thomas, Antonio Galloway. Oh, uh, oh Daryl Worley became Cody Kessler, Derek Kindred, Spencer Drango, uh, and then Connor Cook became Ricardo Lewis and Jordan Payton. Like this is a, this is a pretty sad list, guys. It, and yeah. also, like it's not really in my character to ever bash Sashi, but when you look at this, you're like, wow. <laughs> You might have made some mistakes. Well, this was active tanking right here. I mean, this is, if you want to tank, go look at this. Like, if, yeah. if that's what you're trying to do, this is the roadmap. Yeah. Well, and also, like, Sashi, so one of the things that Sashi is very, very good at is, like, wheeling and dealing. <laughs> um, but he's not necessarily good at, at talent evaluation, in my opinion. <laughs> Clearly. So... So what he did was he just gathered all this draft capital, just kept trading for picks and trading for picks and trading for picks. Like, I don't know, like he's kind of like the guy in Monopoly who builds at, like hotels on Park Place and Boardwalk and somehow everyone keeps landing on it. But then he like doesn't use the money for anything else. Like that's the only property he owns is Boardwalk and Park Place and he's built hotels on it. So, <laughs> listen, I respect that move. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, he he pulled in all this and John Dorsey, you know, for all of his faults, he is a very good talent evaluator, which is, yeah. you know, what brought us Baker Mayfield and Miles Garrett and and you know, and now we have Andrew Berry. So, I mean, Sashi was he was paving the way, I think. Like Sashi walked so Andrew Berry could run. Sure. Yeah, like as I said, it's not really my character to do that, but when it's all listed out right in front of you, yeah. and like you're just like, wow, miss, it looks miss, painful. miss, 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 yeah. miss. Like it's all just bad. <laughs> it looks so painful. It does. It really does. That that kind of that list bummed me out today. But you know, Denzel Ward, that worked out. So there you go. Did we win? Did we win? And, okay, I was gonna say, like, also, like, do we have to bring up the history again? My goodness, we just ended a wonderful winning season with an eleven and five record, and we went to the playoffs and beat the freaking Steelers in the playoffs. Like, I don't care about this. I don't care. I don't care. I've already forgotten. And every every time I turn a corner, it's like someone has to bring up our history. I know. So instead of doing that, why don't we just hate on Carson Wentz for a minute? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, can, I feel like I can never escape Carson Wentz because, um, you know, I covered the Titans before I came to Cleveland and they traded away their number one pick uh, mm -hmm. that year to the Rams who took Jared Goff. They wound up taking Jack Conklin at number eight. But all I ever heard about 
was I missed on Carson Wentz. They oh. like, oh my God, that's all I had to deal with for my entire, my entire duration in Nashville was Carson Wentz. I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. I could not stand it. I was so sick of it and over it, especially at the time Marcus Mariota was actually doing a really good job and he pulled that team out of the gutter for a few years. And I was a huge Mariota fan when he was at Oregon. I was an even bigger fan of his with the Titans at the time. So I was just like, shut up, shut up about the, shut up about the ginger. Shut up. <laughs> How do you really feel? <laughs> Who, before also, we started, before we started recording, Merit, Meredith said, I forgot, I always forget that Carson Wentz is a ginger. I was yes, like, how do you I forget do. that? Like, that's the first thing I think of when I think of him. Really? He's got like strawberry, it's like strawberry blonde though. Because the only <laughs> ginger in the NFL that matters to me is, well, used to be, but is Andy Dalton. You know, like, he he's my ginger quarterback. How many are there though? Like there, there um, was Andy Dalton and Carson Wentz, and is there are there any other ones? I don't know. Hold on, I feel like I need to Google this. Red, like currently, yeah, Google. Big Red. I'm googling Big. Red. I mean, is that is that like a nickname for someone? <laughs> so, I think that's. I think Andy Dalton, right? Is it? Do they call Sunny, him Big Red? <laughs> I don't know. Ew, that's Sunny Jurgensen back in the day with the Washington Football Team. Forgot about that. Hold on. There is actually an article on NFL.com called "Salute to NFL Gingers." Oh my gosh. Is it offensive to call them gingers? Probably. All right. So here's here's NFL.com's uh, number one, Brandon Whedon. Oh my gosh. Oh how my could God. we forget about Brandon how? Whedon? How did we do that? <laughs> we are number, the worst. Cleveland's own. <laughs> that was number one on the list. Number two is uh, Jason Garrett. Number three is Sonny Jurgensen, although he looks more blonde than He's Ginger. He's rough, man. Uh, Dan... <laughs> I'm looking at this list right now. He is a rough man. Dan Copen, who's a center for the Patriots. Uh, Ethan Albright, another Washington football guy. Um, oh, no. Shane Graham. Yes. Oh, my Shane God. Kicker for Houston Texans. Carson, Carson Palmer. Palmer. Oh, yeah, Carson. Cincinnati loves their redheaded quarterbacks. How is Andy Dalton all the way at number eight? He should be number one. Yeah, I mean, his eyebrows are oh my God. red. Like, that's when like, you he know. Is, he is the quintessential ginger. Oh, yeah, he's the reddest of the red. And, he, and it, like, in that Bengals uniform, it does not help him. No. <laughs> he looks like he's playing on fire. I love it. I think redheads are beautiful. <laughs> they are. They're they're special. Um, Matt Light at number ten, and then John Beck. So Carson Wentz didn't even make this list. That is wild. I'm telling you, um, because he's strawberry blonde, he gets the it, benefit. Oh, but like then Carson Palmer would. I, it never dawned on me that Carson Palmer had red hair. Yeah, I never thought about that. I like I always, like he's one of those people that I just see in a helmet, and that's it. Like if if Carson Wentz in a helmet came up to me, I'd be like, hey, or not Carson. If Carson Palmer in a helmet came up to me, I'd be like, hey, you're Carson. But if he just came up to me as like a normal human, I probably wouldn't even recognize. <laughs> like, Who's this strange man? This tall, strange man talking to me. I feel like that's the way for a lot of um, helmeted sports. Like yes. I was, I forget what I was doing. I was doing something for work back when I lived in DC, and I was at um, the Capitals Iceplex where they practice, and I ran into one of the goalies, and I just I didn't recognize him. Because normally hockey goalies, they have so many pads on that they look like they're 300 pounds. This guy was a stick figure. And he was, like, completely dressed like he was going out to, like, a club in, like, dank London or something like that. Like, did not recognize him. And then, like, 30 minutes later when we got to the event, he had, like, changed into his jersey. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's just... 
ridiculous. But yeah, that's the way it is with like all helmeted uh, sports, I think. You just don't know what they look like. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I feel like this is a good segue into, I mean, we're talking about hair. Yeah. This, this is a great segue into our ad read um, because that's what B said is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, and that is 20% off plus free shipping using the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Guys, I have a funny story about this. So Manscaped, our lovely partners... um, sent a box of their products including the lawnmower 3.0 and their packaging and marketing is actually beautiful everything was packaged beautifully it came in this wonderful box when you open the box it says your balls will thank you in like bright foiled letters okay and so I had gotten the package late last week and I had it upstairs in my bedroom to put away eventually give it to my husband, have him check it out. You know, men are hairy, I guess. Um, And so my six-year-old daughter, who I forgot could read, (laughs) was in my room, and I was getting ready to get her shower started, and she looked at me, and she was like, Mommy, are these for Daddy's golf balls? And at first, I had no idea what she was talking about. And I was like, what are you talking about? She looked down and she was pointing to the Manscaped package. And she was like, (laughs) is this for daddy's golf balls? And then it dawned on me. She had read, your balls will thank you. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's not just, it's not just the reading that she's able to do. It's the reading comprehension. Yes. And (laughs) so I was laughing so hard. I almost peed my pants. She was very confused as to why I was laughing so hard. So I did tell her. I was like, yes, honey, they are for his golf balls. Like, you yes. nailed it. So she she's going with that for Manscaped. But as a reminder for everyone listening to this podcast, um, they are not for your golf balls. They are for <laughs> your actual balls, your hairy balls. And let's just say we've got a lot of products here to try out in our house. And I'm going to have to be more discreet about if my husband uses them. So... There you go. Get 20% off and free shipping using the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free ship- with free shipping using the code FANSIDED20. Go ahead and unlock your confidence, men. All right, ladies. So moving on to actual Browns-related stuff. We have to talk about J.J. Watt. Um, you can't log on to the internet <laughs> without seeing... JJ Watt on your Twitter page, on your Facebook page, um, on any social media type, you see JJ Watt. JJ Watt photoshopped in Browns uniforms. Um, it's all about JJ Watt. Um, uh, and JJ reports. Watt photoshopped in a Minnesota Wild uniform as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to Miss Mary Kay Cabot, um, a source has said that JJ is seriously considering the Browns as an option because they have a lot of what he wants. So we're going to go over this because what is it exactly that he wants? Um, first thing on that list, according to this source, is Super Bowl potential, a strong supporting cast, which includes a quarterback, money, and a positive environment. 
So I want to talk about this and break things down because the Browns right now, as we know, are 10th in the NFL in cap space, um, 21.7 million. And JJ was due to make 17 and a half in 2021. So we have to assume that he's probably, I don't know if he's going to be willing to take a pay cut. That's something that everyone is talking about right now. Um, There are other teams and contenders here in the conversation and discussion with JJ Watt, but Honestly, from what I've read, it seems like the Browns could be a really good fit for him based on all these things that he's looking for. What do you guys yes. think? Are you into this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like, short answer, yes. Um, I also was in, in the J.J. Watt chatter. A lot of people were saying that because of his, you know, his age and, you know, propensity for, for injuries – Like, he's not looking to be the star of the defense wherever he goes. And if he comes to the Browns, that's exactly going to be it. Like, he's going to be the complimentary piece to Miles Garrett. He's not going to be expected to be the Miles Garrett. And the great thing about J.J. Watt is that he is talented enough and his his productivity is high enough that if something does happen to Miles, like this year he got COVID, you know, he got suspended before. Like, if something happens to Miles... J.J. Watt can step into that place and play that role if he needs to. But, you know, if he comes to the Browns, like, that's not going to be expected of him. And then also, as far as money goes, uh, I heard that the Browns actually did offer Jadavian Clowney $17.5 million. Mm. And, you know, Clowney yes. didn't take it because he didn't want to come to Cleveland. Um, sorry, dum-dum. Boo. Even though I was, Idiot. I know, I was, <laughs> I was pushing hard for Idiot. Jadavian Clowney. I wanted him so badly, but he didn't. He didn't want to come to Cleveland because uh, I think the reports were that the Browns gave him the highest offer. So that says that the Browns are willing. Like if they think that the player is worth it, they are willing to pay. So I just I, I think J.J. Watt is perfect, you guys. I think Andrew Barry can give him the Andrew Barry special, which is a year, maybe two years. And also, and I said this last week when we had Caitlin on, Getting J.J. Watt is a win-now move. Like, that says to me that Andrew Barry is looking at this roster and saying this is the roster that can make it to the Super Bowl. Because they wouldn't sign J.J. Watt with the designs of wanting to go to the Super Bowl in five years. Yeah, what do you think, Brittany? Okay, sorry, I was muted. (laughs) Um, So I think when it comes to checking off the boxes for what Watt wants. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time seeing any other team that meets the demands the way the Browns do. So when you look at money and supporting cast, Mm -hmm. Super Bowl potential, culture, it's weird to say it, but the Cleveland Browns literally have everything J.J. Watt could want. The thing that concerns me is that while the Browns are doing pretty well with cap space, they also have a lot of needs, you know, especially on defense. They need to improve on almost every position, and there will only be so many resources to do that. You know, it's not unlimited. They're doing well. They have money, but they're going to have to spread it out if they want to build a defense that could keep up with that offense. So obviously having a player like J.J. Watt is a dream, but if he goes somewhere else, I'll be okay with it as long as all the other defensive needs are filled, whether it be through the draft or free agency or whatever. Um, You know, J.J. Watt, he obviously deserves a lot of money. He's a great player. And if Andrew Barry can work his magic, which if anyone can work his magic, (laughs) hello, it's Andrew Barry. But if he can work the magic to make it happen while also improving other positions in defense, that would be great. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know how likely that is. 
because again, there there's a lot of problems on that defense. And yeah, and just, you know, JJ Watt's a dream player. Everyone, every team, all teams would love to have JJ Watt on it. Like, period. Yeah, so, he's you know, ideally, sure, we could he, he can come here. You know, I think they have obviously like everything that he could want, but I just I don't know if it's if it means getting him and like not filling those other positions that we need. I I don't know, guys. I mean, you know, I'm I can go either way on this. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm trying to be level-headed about this whole situation, mm-hmm. in a sense of he he's a big name. Obviously, he's been a star yeah. player in this league for a long time. He's been a very very solid player. Um, productive player. He is also a player that gets double teamed majority of the time that he's on the field. Uh, we have one of those guys in Miles Garrett, so we are used to that as Browns fans. Um, but I'm also just trying to think rationally in, okay, am I just excited or interested because of the name? Like, is it the name that excites me or is it the possibility of him teaming up with Miles Garrett? And today, Jake Trotter um, put out an article, and Meredith, this kind of goes with what you were saying that J.J. Watt has been the guy on the Texans' defense. And the opportunity to go to a team where he isn't the guy and he is a supporting player in a, in a role could be something that is very intriguing to him. And I think the Browns have that 100% with Miles Garrett. And the opportunity to have both of them pair up on the line together um, that's definitely a need that we have as well. And and I also go back to like Olivier Vernon towards the back half of the season actually really stepped up. Uh, I think he ended his last, his final nine games with eight sacks, obviously before the injury and him going out. Him and Miles never seemed to, to get it together at the same time that they were on the field. And I think our expectation as Browns fans or when Olivier was brought in was that they would be this dynamic duo um, to pair back to Miles Garrett and have this this strong impact. I don't think we saw that necessarily from Olivier um, and Miles when they were on the field together. But my hope would be that that JJ and Miles, you know, the, an offensive line is going to have to decide like who who's going to double team Miles, who's going to match up against JJ. I mean, that could be something that you could definitely build your defense around. Again, as Brittany mentioned. There's a lot of things to factor in and consider because there's going to be a lot of money that we're going to owe to some critical players on the team. And we also have a lot of holes to fill, even still in the secondary. But if you can get that line right, in my mind, then it's going to make the secondary be much easier on the defense. This this is our sales pitch to J.J. Watt because we know, J.J., we know you listen. Um, <laughs> the Browns are perfect. They are. That's it. That's it. I mean... I've heard a lot of him going to Green Bay seems to be the draw, and that seems to be the very likely landing spot for him, which I guess I can kind of get on the same page as Brittany and not be upset if he goes somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is the problem that I have with men. I, I get a crush on one, and I get attached <laughs> to them, and then I have all these pictures of these, like, future visions of Super Bowls and, you know, him on the field with Miles Garrett and being in brown and orange and then you know and then he's gonna break my heart and go to Green Bay so (laughs) I'm gonna try not to get too attached but I just I think that's the pitch right there like yes Wisconsin is home for him but I just I I really do think that Cleveland is the perfect landing spot and I'm trying to be unbiased about it because if you look at things objectively that all of the things that he could want in a team 
like Cleveland's got it. And Ken yeah. St- who would not want to play for Kevin Stefanski? Right. Like, let's be real. Well, and the fact that they the the Texans obviously had a lot of turmoil this past year with um you know the 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 changeover in terms of coaching and GM um with Bill O'Brien and and they obviously are coming off of a losing season. They hadn't been able to get things right in in Houston. So, it's crazy to think that the Browns would offer stability. <laughs> and a winning culture how great does that sound it sounds perfect um uh, but i don't think we can underestimate brown's twitter because we literally willed an obj trade into existence and it this is taking off in the same way of if if brown's or if twitter was a prediction of where free agents would land every single player would be signed by the cleveland browns it's just i just the one thing that bothers me about browns fans is that we clamor for all of these big name players and then when they get on our team and and we have them on their team it's like if they don't do something or if they have maybe a bad game or they show emotion and they're upset over a loss it's immediately like they're a cancer trade them i just like it just really bothers me because off-season browns twitter and in-season browns twitter are bipolar yeah i'll I'll never understand that mentality that instant gratification especially for for the browns who have just struggled for so long like it was literal decades took literal decades to get to where we are like most franchises when they're rebuilding it takes them like two years for the browns it took 20 and now it's like even before even last year with freddie kitchens like if it wasn't uh an immediate like right away instantaneous everything is successful like oh like they're not good trade them get rid of them and i just i don't understand because i think with anything like it takes time like it takes time like Think about it like if you start a brand new job uh, and you go to your new office and your new coworkers and you kind of know them because they're in the same industry, but you've never worked directly with them. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like if you're not the best at your job and the best in your industry and pulling the biggest numbers for your company within three months, then all of a sudden everyone's saying, well, you are a bad hire. Like that's how it feels with OBJ. I know we glossed over this, but I do want to just bring this up again to elaborate how incredible it is that in only one year, Stefanski and company have changed the entire culture, making the Cleveland Browns a desirable place for players to want to play. Because we have to remember when the OBJ trade happened, it's not like the Browns had been a proven franchise at that point. They were coming off of still a losing season with a second year quarterback and a rookie head coach, right? Like, I don't think OBJ was necessarily happy. He was happy to be with his best friend, but the Browns hadn't proven anything at that point in time. This is an entirely different ballgame for the Browns. Here we are. We're, we have finally arrived, guys. We are in yes! the promise. Welcome land. to the ball. <laughs> <laughs> we are Cinderella. But the fact that, you know, you look at the city of Cleveland and, you know, it's a small market team in any other league, um, well, not baseball, but like the NBA, it, it would be very hard to attract uh you know, very good NBA free agents to come here because it's Cleveland. We no longer have LeBron. You know, they're they're sort of starting out. And just as Cleveland, like Cleveland's not New York. Cleveland's not Houston. It's not Atlanta. It's not like a big city where these guys would want to go. But now, now the Cleveland Browns are a hotspot 
in the NFL. Woo! Like, and it has everything to do with the culture change. Everything. Yes. And, you know, you just look at how far they've come just in the past couple years. You went from, you know, 1-15, 0-16, Hugh Jackson, the carousel of coaches and GMs, and now we have the coach of the year. We have franchise quarterback. We have a great supporting cast. Everyone's on the same page. Like, it, it, it's just night and day. Also, talent out the rear end. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think that's just I, – I think – it wasn't understated how great the offensive line was this mm-hmm. year. And I know that the offensive line is always the hardest position group for an NFL team to build because it's, there's so much pressure, especially on that left tackle. Um, there's a, just, if you don't do your job, then your quarterback gets hurt. So I, I think outside of the quarterback himself, the offensive line has the, the highest pressure and one of the hardest jobs on that field. And when you get Pro Bowl, future Hall of Famer, when you get people like Joe Thomas on your team, they don't leave. So a lot of times with an NFL team, when they're building up their offensive line, they have to build through the draft. And that is always a struggle because you never know what you're going to get when you pull up a draft pick. Like they could be the they could be a Joe Thomas or they could be – I don't know, like a Ryan suck up. Like you don't really know (laughs) like what they're going to be. And to have been able to not only build this offensive line through both the draft and through trades, like Andrew Barry just knocked it out of the park. And this is probably when you, when it comes down to paying players, these are players that are going to get their paycheck because you want them. You want them around like you're once you get a good offensive line, when you have your good guards and your left tackle, you don't let Mm -hmm. them go. Yeah. One thing that hasn't been discussed enough, in my opinion, um, throughout this entire year is a lot of the players had talked about what it means to them to be part of the shift in terms of the Browns culture and going from a historically bad franchise, a losing franchise, and turning it around to be part of a winner. I I think that that's something that that would be really cool to be a part of. Like being being on a team that is able to turn the ship around and make things right. So in my opinion, I would think that that's something that the Browns are pitching to these free agents of, hey, like we're just getting started. Last year, like that was not just lightning in a bottle like this is sustainable growth for us because we have young talent on both sides of the ball there are other teams that I think are in this conversation or discussion for JJ Watt to go to and and I think we should touch on them because I just don't think they are comparable to the Browns which sounds wild to say no but it's it's true I mean like look at this list right here (laughs) <laughs> do you do you want to yeah go ahead read, read it off okay. Brittany. let's let's start with the yeah. first one so yeah. and this is an interesting one because you think of siblings and you're like okay imagine like parents they get to see all their kids play together not so fast yeah. watch family so on that level right. too so the Steelers obviously they're you know in the consideration because of the brothers but they're already <laughs> I can't wait to talk about the Steelers on this episode, by the way. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so they're already over $30 million on the cap. Already, before this even happens. So, like, that's not going to happen. Uh, also, they're on the downslide. Like, Steelers are done. <laughs> Crap. See ya. Um, also, also, their GM doesn't want to pay their quarterback, which oh, we'll yes. get into we'll get in into that. Scale, but, like, but that is, like, the fact 
like if you're a free agent and you're looking at a team saying, hmm, where do I want to go? Well, this team's general manager just came out and said that their starting quarterback, their franchise quarterback, isn't worth his paycheck. I don't know if I want to well, go. I mean, there. he's not, to be fair. Like that's one hundred percent true. <laughs> but Big Ben is not worth supposed to say that publicly. I mean, that's you know, the, I like, like I, if there were anyone else, I'd be like, hey, that's kind of a rude thing. But it's Big Ben, so I'm like, yeah, you know what? This he's not worth forty million dollars. That's a crime. <laughs> Okay, but can we also wait? Can we also talk about though? The only reason that the Steelers were brought up is because of the brotherly yes. thing. Uh, like it's just exactly. it, that's just or like exactly. a warm and fuzzy yes. story that would be like a movie if yeah, that were to happen. The ending, but it's there's just no way it could happen. So then you have the Packers, who again that's like his hometown. I get that. Um, they're 19 million over the cap, and Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be there forever, guys. Like oh, and yeah, yes. t- like he's TBD. Yes. So that's meh. Uh, same with uh, Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay, they they have the money to do it. They're much like the Browns. I think they're 11th in the league. But, you know, if J.J. Watt's biggest draw to playing at Tampa Bay is that he wants to play with Tom Brady, that how sustainable is that? Because I know Tom Brady's great. He still want, He just won a Super Bowl. But, again, if you look at the future, if you're planning ahead, I don't know that moving to Tampa Bay is the, is the best option for him because Tom Brady's not going to be around forever. Um, okay, wait. If that happens, though, that's going to be just like the NBA with like a super oh, yeah. team where it would be yeah. like a one year deal, yeah. like let's go win a Super yeah. Bowl. That, I would hate that. Um, <laughs> but then you have uh, Titans, Bills, Bears, who they're all over, but all over the cap, but not by too much. Titans are the most at $3 million. Bills, 322000 Bears, $121,000. Um, Bears, I don't know why he would go there. Like that doesn't even make sense to me. Same. Uh, Titans, you know, they're competitive, but I don't think that makes as much sense. Bills, I I don't see that happening, but they're a little bit more, you know, you have Josh Allen there. So when I'm thinking about the future, I'm thinking about a quarterback. Like, okay, yep. like who do I want? Who who has the best chance of winning for a long time? Who has the brightest future here? And I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm not even being delusional at this point, but it's the Cleveland Browns. That's why we said when you look through and you go down the list and you see that the Browns check all these boxes, they really genuinely check all the boxes better than anyone else on this list. Am I wrong? No, I I mean, I know we're obviously biased in this whole discussion, but I again, for all the things that he wants and that he's looking Mm -hmm. for, the Browns fit the mold. The most. I mean, you could argue it, Tampa Bay is obviously very appealing, especially if he is chasing a ring. You know, like that that could be a, listen, I'll, I'll sign something for a year. Yeah. I, I want to I wanna go try to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. But I, I don't know, man. Also, as someone who, who chose Cleveland as a, as a landing point in my career who has moved here, I could make a case for moving to Cleveland because I'm telling you guys – and I'm not just saying it like this was definitely one of the best moves I've ever made for both my life and my career. Like Cleveland is the best. It Aww. really is. Can like, I? It, it, yeah, it's, it is. Um, the people are great, obviously. And the fan base is great. Can I ask you guys a question, though, about the whole Steelers thing? Sure. Because if he were to sign with the Browns, he'd obviously be competing against his brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not. He, he plays defense. I mean, his his one brother plays fullback, I think. But, like, really, the reality, like, he's not, like, lining up against yeah. them. Right. Um, but from a team standpoint, he would be potentially a team to knock out his brothers. Like, do you think that weighs in his mind at all? Like, I, it's just, like, such a weird thing that you often don't have to think about in professional sports because this often doesn't happen. 
Unless your last name is Fuller. True. <laughs> I would think that that would be kind of fun. Don't you? Right. That's what like, I think, too. Competing. Like, they're competitive. Yeah, they're just competitive people. That's a family of, of competitors. So, like, the thought of, hey, my brother, I'm going to be competing against my brothers and the others. Like, that's that would be fun to me. It's not like, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I feel... I feel like that's more of a motivation yeah. to come to the Browns. Like I, I love my brother to death. Like I do not have like, he's, he's a wonderful person, but if we're put in a situation where we're competitive and I have the opportunity to beat him, you bet your ass. I'm going to try and crush yeah. him. Yeah. You, you know, like he's, he's a runner in the family, so I'm never going to beat him at running, but I tried to challenge him to a triathlon once. Cause I know he can't swim. And I was on varsity swim team for four years in high school. So I tried and he turned me down because he knew he was going to lose. <laughs> but I was just like, hey, bro, I love you. Let's do a triathlon. Yeah, I mean, there's that natural sibling rivalry. And this would just take it to yeah. another level. It would be fun. Good times for everyone. Except for the mo- oh, the parents. Yeah. They'd probably have a tough time with that. Yeah, exactly. I think, would, I think they would have fun. They would, they would be there be like, just as long as everyone has fun and no one yeah, gets hurt. Yeah, they'd have the split yeah, jerseys. Yeah, so I was say, they could bring the, <laughs> the split jerseys back. It would be a good time. Um. Well, speaking of the Steelers, I mean, this honestly, it would be incredible just to see the absolute meltdown from the Steelers if JJ were to sign as a Brown, because like, I think they truly think that because his brothers play there, they have the best shot and having him go to a division rival that beat them twice uh, at the end of the season would just be fantastic. Also, they just feel entitled to everything anyway. So they for sure do. (laughs) They for sure do. So I've the, the impression that I've gotten from Steelers fans is that like when they were they're like that girl who won a beauty pageant when they were 15 and they're still kind of hot like 15 20 years later but they're definitely like not 15 anymore but they think they are yeah like, this, that's that's the impression that i get from steelers, steelers fans. fans are the former <laughs> high school quarterback yes. that shows up to their their high school reunion 25 years later wearing still their wearing letterman, the letterman jacket, jacket. A hundred percent. And they, and like, <laughs> they still talk yes. about it. They still talk the, about now it. Now that is fat and bald too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they wanna, just. <laughs> you you want to know, I, I don't even think I bought a Letterman jacket because when I was in high school, only the nerds bought Letterman jackets. <laughs> I went to a very straight, like, like DC is like backwards land. I don't even know how to explain it. Like I was actually talking about it with our friend Damon once because he was born and raised in Vegas and Vegas is also like backwards land. Like nothing, like nothing about our childhoods were typical, and like nobody wore Letterman jackets when I was in high school, and they were like they were considered for like the nerds, the dorks, and the rejects. And I actually stopped wearing any paraphernalia from my high school, like after my first week at college. I was like, oh, I don't go to high school anymore. Bye. All hokies all the time. Bree, did you have a Letterman's jacket? I did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Do you still have it? So I think it's at my mom's oh my house. God, yeah, I guarantee take you. Take a picture of it next time you go over there. <laughs> I still have my letter though, because I like because I I got my athletic letter from swim team for four years, so I've got the letter and the pins. I just had nowhere to put it. They're sitting in a Manila envelope. It in was my house. It was like such a big deal. I remember, like it was. I mean, because they're expensive. First of all, it was like yeah. a Christmas present one year, and I remember, you know, like it used to be cool back in the day if you got to wear your boyfriend's Letterman jacket, and I was like, <laughs> f that. I want my own Letterman's jacket. <laughs> like I don't need my boyfriend's football Letterman jacket. I freaking lettered in my own sports. F that. Right. Damn it. Gosh. Tell him. <laughs> yeah. Breaking glass ceilings. Yeah. 
<laughs> um okay so we have to talk about the Steelers but like it's it's exactly right I actually just saw like just this week someone was arguing still about Baker Mayfield not being a good quarterback a Steelers fan oh arguing God. about Baker not being a good quarterback and essentially saying that he barely beat the backups I'm like dude are we really doing this again like did you literally not realize that you still lost in the playoff with all of your starters I mean it's I know. just wild to me rested starters at that wild wild they're in denial back to back baker baker beat the backups then baker beat the starters that had been resting yeah like they're definitely the guy that shows up letterman's jacket and then and then they go to the football game on friday night they don't have any kids at the school by the way they're just at the football game on the friday night yelling at the coach they're like 50 years old wearing their letterman's jacket. There's nothing creepier than the, the adult, grown-ass adult that goes to high school football games with no children in the yes. high school or any association with the yes. high school, but just because they graduated there and it's used to play. so weird. I can't, I so hate weird. Like high school football in general. Like, even when I was in high school, I felt like I was too old for it. I was like, I just <laughs> can't do this. Oh, man. Okay, so we will talk about the Steelers, the actual Steelers. Um, and Meredith alluded. I don't know. I, I, like these, <laughs> I like these comparisons. These are fun. Yeah, I, w- I, I think I tweeted about this earlier in the season, but I had, like, a long, hard thought about, like, if, if there was an NFL high school reunion in the AFC North, that is who the Steelers would be. Are the Browns the one, like, do, are the Browns the person that comes back? Like, they were a nerd in high school? Or, oh, like, yeah. They were a loser, and then they come back, like, with the hot girlfriend? Oh, yeah. Or are yes. they, like, super successful? They have it all. all, all yeah, they the have above, it all now, man. man. Yeah, okay. So, okay, so what would the Ravens and the Bengals be? I feel like be? Ravens, they'd be in jail. Like, they wouldn't even come. They'd be- <laughs> they would just be in prison. <laughs> I was going to say they'd be, like, the partier. Yeah, like, they would – They the, the Ravens guy had a hard life. You know, he's yes, he, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Up, he looks like he's been around. There's <laughs> a lot of life. And happening. then what was it? And then are the Bengals the guy that you like went to high school with and had all your classes with, but you don't remember what they look yes, like? Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes, pretty forever. Yes, <laughs> blend in. This is so good. This should be a TikTok. Honestly, I, we should do a TikTok like, series. That's our, that's our next yes. TikTok. There we go. We can do. We can do it tomorrow, you guys. Oh yeah, tomorrow. Yes. Yes. We can each play a character. Yes. All right. It's happening. Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> Stay tuned. Annie Agar, watch out. Um, okay. So the Steelers, Meredith alluded to this earlier. Um, GM Kevin Col- Col- Colbert says yeah. that Big Ben is the quarterback right now, but wasn't forthright about his future with the team. Um, he wants to continue to play, and we told him we have to look at the current situation. With Ben's current cap number, some adjustments will have to be made. He's slated to make $41.2 million, um, oh, for 2021. As I was writing, I, know, that, right? I could not stop laughing. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, but wait, they did this contract it's, when? In 2019? Yeah, so this was just two years yeah. ago. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just need to go on a rant for a second. Please. So it's incredibly shocking to me that they agreed on this contract just two years ago, 2019. Just based on his physique alone, there was no way, no way this was going to be a good payoff for them. And to make things even worse, it doesn't seem like they've done anything to prepare for him not being around anymore. And like, maybe one day I'll eat these words 
it, maybe Mason Rudolph's the guy, but I just have a hard time believing Ugh. that he's the one that's going to come in and take ben, Big Ben's place. Like, I just, I can't see it. So he says he wants to play next season, and he's apparently willing to restructure his contract, but it puts the Steelers in such a tough position because they have this fossil quarterback with rapidly declining abilities who wants to play, but ultimately it's going to hurt their chances and he's been there for so long, they might feel weirdly obligated to stick with him, even though they shouldn't. And it, it, it kind of seems like the GM is trying to process this as he's explaining it. He's, he's sort of like, <laughs> shit, I messed up. We all messed up so bad, and now we don't know what to do. And let me be clear, the Steelers, you know, even if they feel obligated, they do not owe him anything. Like, this is not, nobody owes yeah. anyone anything. This is, all of it is just business. So, I'm, I don't know. I, on. If Mason Rudolph, they think that that's their guy, I guess. But <laughs> I hope so. Just, I don't. It seems like Mike Tomlin is just gonna have a hell of a season next year. I I, I don't think they think that Mason Rudolph. But is then the why guy. did they prepare? Just, like they have no one else. I I think they're just. I think they don't forget they that, signed Dwayne. Yeah, Hoskins. So I, yeah, so I think that mm-hmm. Mason Rudolph QB competition. Is yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, I think what it is is that he's adequate. Like he's enough to get them by until a quarterback either becomes available in free agency or through trade, or they get an opportunity to draft one. Like I think that it's like Mason Rudolph is their rebound placeholder chick. You know, like they've been in a relationship with Ben Roethlisberger for so long and they're having trouble processing the end of the relationship and they got to rebound quickly until the next one comes along. And that's who Mason Rudolph is. Yikes. Um, <laughs> that was that was so that was such a toxic. comparison. Can I ask a question, though, because like Big Ben is obviously aging and they gave him all of this money two years ago or they or they signed up for this this money, this pay a couple of years ago. I always like see people trying to talk about well like tom brady is old too but tom brady yeah, like look at the two tom brady takes care of himself and he also has taken pay cuts throughout his entire career right. i mean yeah. when he was on the patriots he was not making the amount of money that he should have been making and to your point he takes care of his body he eats like avocados and vegetable <laughs> he broccoli eats avocado. He, he doesn't even <laughs> when he drinks it too apparently um, he doesn't he doesn't even eat strawberries. Yes, exactly, because they come from the ground. Yeah, or like the sugar content in a strawberry oh is too high. I don't know. Like his 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 rationale for not wanting to eat strawberries is so galaxy brain, but it's just like it's one of those things where I think he's just such a naturally gifted athlete that as long as whatever he's doing is remotely healthy, like he's going to excel and that he's going to like and then everyone thinks like, "Okay, well if I just eat avocados and avoid strawberries <laughs> then i'm gonna be like tom brady like, well i no, wonder no, well, i wonder like if tom brady. the steelers you know structured this contract back in 2019 where they decided they were going to give ben you know 30 35 40 million dollars at age how old was he then like 36 or something so so yeah they i think did so this deal i wonder if it ever crossed their mind like well you know i know he's he, he could be like tom brady like, what the hell? No, I mean, they, maybe not to that extent, but, they, they but have maybe to they. believe at some point that he was going to, like, turn his body around or something. Because it's not like Big Ben has ever been this tremendously built athlete who, you know, is going to be durable forever. Like, this is just not, 
in his wheelhouse. <laughs> so the fact that they were like, yeah, we'll just give him all this money at this point in his career when he's this old, and I'm sure it'll be fine. Like, I just, I question. They gave him the money, but they didn't account for the fact <laughs> that he's fat and old. That quarantine would hit. <laughs> COVID would come, like, COVID destroyed the Steelers yes. and Ben Roethlisberger. Like, that, like, honestly, I mean, it's it's affecting the cap for next year. Big Ben ballooned over the year. Um, they didn't, they didn't build an offense to be sustainable. Like, they, they literally were like, Ben is just going to throw the ball quickly and we're going to be able to get by. And and quite frankly, they did they 11 for 11 out. games. 11 yeah, I mean, they it. did. They did, and then teams started to figure it out that it that wasn't enough, like for them to actually be successful. And I think that all came crashing down. Like whatever this plan was, wasn't enough. And their defense, quite frankly, like bailed them out. Like that, it was it was all about the defense. It was not Big Ben. So yeah, they're looking pretty dumb right now. It's bad. Next year is going to be. I think that they're going to have a tough time next year. And I hope they do. Like, I love seeing them struggle more than probably anything in my it's life. It's going to be so much fun. So, Oh, gosh, I hope so, too. I want to be like that meme of that little girl with the fire with like <laughs> yeah. and the evil smile. Like, that is all yeah. of us. So, you guys, uh, I looked up the TV 12 diet and oh three staples, three staples of Tom Brady's diet. Tell us. Are cucumbers, kale, and spinach. And, ladies, I have had all three of those today. Wait, so is, is avocado too fattening for Mr. Brady? No, he, he – so he eats avocado and eggs for breakfast. Oh, okay. But he So broccoli, celery, and cucumber – that's, like, all that's water. That's hard, just hard no, water. Ca- cu- cucum- <laughs> cucumbers, kale, and spinach. Ugh, kale. Those were like like three. So I have literally had all three of those vegetables today. So I'm practically Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I had avocado toast for dinner. So sign me up. Like I am health. <laughs> I had a strawberry, so I am going. I am You're going to come. I'm going to combust. <laughs> it's it's uh it's not alkalizing. I think that the Steelers <laughs> should give us forty million dollars now. I yeah. uh, you know what? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we're younger. Here we go. We are all younger than Ben Woo. Roethlisberger. There you go. <laughs> At least Hooray we have that going for you. And they also still have to figure out Juju too, right? And yeah. they're already way over the cap. Like this is, they're in big. Burn, baby. Burn. Oh, man. I'm going to, we're going to have to start paying attention to Steelers Reddit. because I'm going to have to get back on. Meltdown. Yeah. I haven't been yeah, on for a while. I'm, I'm going to have to go on and see. another meltdown. I need to see it. Yes. yes. Give it to me. Yes. Yes. I have to bring up one more thing, and this is totally off the cusp and on the rundown, but did you guys happen to catch that stupid clip on, was it first take where they were talking about how the Ravens needed OBJ? And it it was like this whole hype. They did did an entire segment on a hypothetical, like how OBJ would be great for the Ravens offense. Listen, you guys, it is is the slow season. I know. It's so annoying. It is like... I mean, when you've got to fill 24 hours a day of original content, man, you just, you got to scrape the bottom of the barrels. But also, like, that's not groundbreaking talking. Like, OBJ would be, OBJ would be good for every team. You know what I mean? Right. But he's not good enough for the Browns, apparently, which is, that's the wild thing, where it's like, he's good for every other team, but not the Browns. Earth earth shattering stuff there. I I hope that OBJ is back to full health at the beginning of this upcoming season and he's still with the Browns and I just want him to run up and down the field 
because that will just give us yet another opportunity for multiple victory laps. Yes. Like, I don't know if we've worn out our Kevin Stefanski victory laps yet, but I just, I want to be able to take the OBJ victory lap. Because... Oh, girl, I will run a marathon. <laughs> well, because like, so, and I'll, I'll bring, I'll bring him Cody Parkey in this because <laughs> he's like, poor guy. He had, he had such a tumultuous career. Like, Chicago Bears fans will never forgive him. They, like, just, they just, no love for Cody Parkey in, in Chicago. But he had such a great character arc in in Cleveland, and he really improved. I mean, he struggled a little bit towards the end of the season, but he came through in the playoffs. And, you know, he just he became the guy that the special teams can rely on. And I, I want a similar the same. I want a better character arc for OBJ because he is just he is this generational talent. And someone like him does not come around very often. So I think the Browns need to protect him and hold him and cuddle him and then just let him lo- like wind him up like one of those little car toys and just let him loose once the season starts. Because if he's in his element, man, like the, the Browns are going to go places. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm going to start like I'm going to start championing for OBJ the way I did for Cody Parkey. Like I just I got to do it. Like I just I like I want him so badly to have the success that he deserves. Like that that's all I want for OBJ and I want it in Cleveland. Same. Same. Same same same. 2021, the year of the Browns, I'm calling it. Yes. All right, guys, let's switch gears to the Cavs, um, who were exciting for a point in time. Um, like four games. Yeah, it's so disappointing. Um, and we have to talk about um, Andre Drummond is really the topic of discussion here because a trade seems inevitable. Um, so there were reports out earlier this week. Um, he has not been playing for the Cavs because he is going to be traded i mean that's pretty much out there the Cavs are willing to accept offers for andre drummond um this is such it's such an awkward thing here that happens in the nba um it's very complicated because obviously the Cavs now have jared allen who deserves the minutes he is the future of the cleveland cavaliers which means andre drummond doesn't matter right now he is not the future um and the nba is a business and that's exactly what's happening right now. This is just a transaction waiting to happen. Uh, but on the other hand, Andre Drummond is a professional NBA player. He is a competitor. He wants to play. Um, and the situation just doesn't seem fair. Um, there have been a lot of NBA stars speaking out on this. Draymond Green was one of them earlier in the week uh, where he sounded off about this whole situation in post game. I want to get into that because he talked about that there is this double standard in the NBA with players. And there are some players that are vocal about wanting to be traded um, and that they get all this criticism, that they're selfish, that they're not team players. Um, But on the other hand, then you have teams that are looking to trade players and then they sit there, their players. So it's just this whole situation of like, who's in the right, who's in the wrong? Should we be that critical of players requesting a trade when it at the end of the day, teams that are willing to deal their players essentially are kind of treating them like they're on the back burner and they don't really care about them. Brittany, I'm going to start with you. Um. Okay, so first to get into the Andre Drummond thing. Um, you know, the situation was pretty much inevitable, you know, as far as like yeah. trading him. Uh, I think we all saw that coming. But 
I wish there was a way they could still let him play while looking for a trade. Um, but I, I see their point. Their priority isn't Andre Drummond. The Cleveland Cavaliers are not out, you know, they're not looking out for Andre Drummond. Their priority is to win games. They believe that Jared Allen gives them a better chance at winning those games, and he is their future. You know, that's that's the bottom line. So it's not a knock at Drummond. I'd like him. I have ever since he came here. I even liked him in Detroit. Yes. And in an ideal world, the trade, the the playing time, the playing, for, the planning for the future could all happen simultaneously. But you know, this isn't an ideal world, and they had a choice to make. And it sucks for Andre because as a competitor, you want to compete. And with his contract, I'm sure he wants to be out there playing, improving his worth. But the Cavs have an obligation to the guys and their plans for the future. And to Draymond's point, I see what he's saying, but. I think where it gets sort of, um, you know, there's like a gray area there. It's because players only have to consider themselves when they want a trade. You know, they say, oh, it's selfish. It, it is, but like it's it's for their own good or whatever they think is best for them. And I understand that. As a player, you want to go to, to a, a place that's best fit for you. I'm not knocking them for doing that. And I'm not even saying that, you know, they're a bad guy to have, they're a cancer, none of that. Like if, if you want to go, Okay. Um, but they only have to consider themselves and their future and what they want, what their goals are professionally. But a team has to consider everyone on the team. So, you know, you have Andre Drummond, and again, in an ideal world, you could fit everyone on that court and make everyone happy and let Andre play, because I'm sure, you know, they, they have a good relationship with him. He seems like a nice guy. I'm sure Kobe Altman is, is a nice guy. Um, you know, coaching staff, whatever. But, you know they have an obligation to build the best team possible. And that does not include Andre Drummond anymore. That includes Jerry Allen. So they want to give him minutes. I don't fault them for doing what they're doing. I just wish, you know, I wish this didn't have to have such an ugly ending. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, Meredith, any thoughts you want to add? I so I agree with Brittany on you know it, they have him they they should may, they may as well play him I think it's a really bad look for them to to sit him while they're waiting for a trade I mean and I think it's kind of well, excuse my language it's kind of shitty you know to treat him like that yeah um, I had mentioned this a few weeks ago because we had been kicking this Andre Drummond topic down the road for a few weeks and when the rumors started that they wanted to trade him it made me so sad and the reason was is because it looked like the Cavs were trying to zag when everyone else was zigging because the NBA is getting smaller mm -hmm. um, and you've got, you know, the, the Colin Sexton type small forwards that are really dominating the league. And they just, the NBA wasn't really using the big mm -hmm. man that much anymore. And then you get, you know, this monster of a man with Andre Drummond in there. And I'm like, how cool would that be if part of the Cavs comeback was to say yes the big man is still valuable so that's i think i kind of like got attached to that idea and that's why i love andre drummond so much and honestly i just think he's a good dude yeah in general. same so um you know and i, I never want to see someone who's like a genuinely good person get treated so poorly by their company essentially yeah um and he loves cleveland yes so i was i was sad but now just the whole thing is super messy like he was wearing that farewell sweatshirt mm on the sideline which was definitely not a great look and the fact that the Cavs are just like okay we've got this guy that we're paying a ton of money to we don't want him anymore so let's just sit him yeah. until we find somebody who does like I don't think that's going to help his trade potential especially since he was playing so poorly 
leading up to the point where they did finally bench him. And like, I would understand if the benching was because of his play, but the fact that the benching was because they were just like, ah, we're not interested in you anymore. Like that's just, I don't know. I don't understand that move. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't like that. That's what they did. And I, I agree with Draymond about everything that he says, because it, there's definitely a power imbalance between the teams and their players where, you know, these players have to act like these perfect little foot soldiers. And the minute they step out of line, they get completely smeared. Whereas the teams themselves will, you know, act out and everyone thinks it's okay. Yeah. It made me have a, maybe be more um, reflective of how I view players when they're asking for trades, because I, I understand where he's coming from, where the criticism that a player gets when they are demanding a trade Um I think maybe I'll think differently about that in the future um, and understand that they're also looking out for themselves, like like you mentioned, Brittany, and not be super critical of it because, you know, like they want to win. They they want to go be part of a, a winning team, potentially compete for a championship. And it's it is unfair to call them selfish um, because at the end of the day, like we all want what's best for ourselves yeah. like that. They're in a business. Yeah. Um, that's who they work for. So um that was just an interesting perspective that I didn't really think much about. Um, the one thing I want to talk to to you, Brittany, about, because you're much closer in following the Cavs than I am. Um, it, it feels like the Cavs have went through a bit of like an identity crisis over the last year and a half or so um, of like trying to figure out who they are, who they want to be. Obviously, they have a young core of guards um, with Sexton and Garland um, to be able to build around but when it comes to like the rest of the team like w- was it really just having them get Jared Allen like that may not have been in their plans like their near-term plans and it was something that kind of fell into their lap with the whole Harden trade like is that something that they're trying now to like I, I don't know like it's just it's such a weird thing to me because I'm like it was like they were competing to be good this year to potentially maybe make a playoff run. And now all of a sudden it's just like, what happened? Like, what is going on? How, where do they go from here? I think what you have right now is a team that got really hot, you know, at the beginning of the season. And that was great. But then you, they sort of started to want like, okay, like this isn't, you know, if you think about the first couple of weeks, maybe even like the month of the season, they they looked really good and there was the there were conversations about okay are they like a year or two ahead of schedule like is this the real deal what's going on and you know i think that the pressure of that sort of collapsed in on them and now you have you know they they brought in all of these big guys like meredith was saying they they stacked themselves with all these big guys which is a fun yeah. idea i think you know, when they started doing that, we all sort of laughed and had, a, you know, uh, Larry Nance tweeted about, you know, Sexland is now covered in trees and it was all a good time. Yes. And we're all like, oh, yeah, <laughs> make basketball big again or whatever. But the reality is that that's just not how the NBA is built anymore. Yeah. Um, and as far as Jerry Allen goes, I think, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, he's part of our future. Like, you didn't even you didn't have him till a couple weeks ago like this right right I don't think there was any steps in place to necessarily get him I think Kobe Altman saw an opportunity and granted it's a good one like they gave up really nothing for him and I wholeheartedly agree that he's a great 
piece to have in your future plans. Like I, I don't know anyone that would disagree with that, but you know, I, I, they're just sort of lost right now, I think. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but it's not completely, you know, unexpected because you look at this team and they are very, very young, you know, except minus the few veterans that they have. Some of the guys have been around for a while, but they're a very young core. Um, and I don't think, you know, they're, they're still building. So I think at the beginning they sort of got off so hot and everyone sort of fell in love with this idea that they could maybe make the playoffs this year. And it was a nice idea, but it was also a passing idea. It's not something sustainable. They still, the plan, you know, we talk about the Browns and how, you know, the Super Bowl wasn't the plan this year, but they got close. I think with the Cavs, the playoffs weren't necessarily the plan this year but they're getting yeah. a little bit closer. And I think they're gonna you know, continue to get better. I, I don't have, you know, my, my hope for that isn't lost. I just think that they've slowed down. They've sort of, you know, got, everyone sort of is now back into reality with this team. And it's gonna be, you know, the Cavs are gonna be the Cavs this year. They're still at least, I'd say, a, you know, probably two years away from being a contender. Um, but they gotta, they have a lot of soul searching to do, I think. And, you know, I hate to say it, but it, it kind of looks like Bickerstaff, he's getting a little frustrated. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I wanted to also, like, bring up, too, it, the other confusing thing to me is the amount of veterans that they've, like, brought in and out mm -hmm. on the team and and in, in the particular roles that they're in. And then, like, Kevin Love has just been injured constantly and – and he's obviously done great things for the city of Cleveland and just his stance on mental health. And like, he obviously was part of the championship team and, and, and that culture of, of winning and what that means. But I mean, they paid him a boatload of money. Yeah, <laughs> he hasn't yes. done anything. Um, and so it's, it's just the, the Cavs are definitely in an interesting, interesting situation. And, and it already feels like, you know, this year it, it is what it is at this yeah. point, but it'll be really interesting, interesting to see, what next year holds for them? Yeah, they they have a lot of work to do. Like that's for sure. They Kobe Altman, he's gonna have his work cut out for him, trying to fit all these pieces together, bring in more draft. What like this? This is gonna be a process, and you know, I I'm excited to see the the, the near the end result of it. But again, like it's not gonna be this year. It's probably not gonna be next year. It's gonna take some time and. You know, then we'll be able to fairly grade him and and what he's able to do. But right now, um, they they're just they're kind of a bad team right now. Like, and that hurt. That pains me to say because you know I look back at the beginning of the year and everyone was so excited for this team. They started off like four and or something. And but you know, reality sucks, man. That's the whole. That's the moral of every story. Reality sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. There we the go. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, so I want to talk about the NBA All-Star game, too, um, and All-Star weekend, because that is something else um, in the NBA world that is set to happen. And LeBron James, among a few other players, um, has recently said that it should not be played this year. And it's a slap in the face. So, Meredith, I want you to enlighten all of our listeners what's going on with these comments and just talking about, like, what our thoughts on on the all-star game is yeah so it was like last week lebron kind of went off because 
initially when they decided on the NBA's shortened season this year, I don't think the All-Star game was part of the plan. And then suddenly halfway through, they're like, oh, no, wait, no, we're actually we are actually going to do an All-Star game. And that made LeBron mad because to him, he was looking for I mean, he even said he was looking forward to to have some time to rest and for his teammates to rest and have and everyone can have like a little bit of a break, a few day break in the middle of the season. And instead, the NBA is like up oh, all star game. And it's it's definitely a money move because they're starting to see that uh, places are, you know, starting to allow fans back in the arenas They're They've been able to play a lot of games like some games have gotten canceled or postponed due to COVID. I mean, the Cavs had a canceled game on Wednesday. Um, but it all of a sudden looked like, well, the NBA is kind of scraping by right now. Let's throw in an all-star game. Yeah. So LeBron just felt like it was, uh, and that's where the slap in the face comment comes from is that they don't respect the players, the health or the safety of the players, or just like the mental health of the players that they're more concerned about making money and that he thinks the all-star game is a joke and a farce and he doesn't want to go. And I mean, I think just earlier today, I think it was announced that he's like one of the captains or something. Yeah. Um, I saw some kind of all-star game notification pop up on my phone. I don't remember what it said, but I saw LeBron's name in there and he said, yeah, I'm going to go, you know, if I'm, <laughs> he said, if I'm selected for the team, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. He said, yeah, I'm going to go. He's like, but I'm not going to be happy about it. So he understands his role as an employee of the NBA, but he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm going to go, but I'm not going to be happy about it. And I, I mean, and I agree with him. Like it just, it, it, it really sucks. Cause we've all had this conversation before of like privately amongst the three of us that it just feel, it doesn't feel good when your company, when it feels like your company is only using you to make money and they don't, it doesn't feel like they care about you as a person or as an individual or doesn't or don't really care about the life you live outside of the company you only exist to make them money and that's yeah i mean and that's the impression that i got from lebron's comments is that you know they don't really respect that he doesn't feel respected as a person and as an employee and that he's just you know a source of revenue for them yeah it's exactly that's exactly what he is <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> i mean yes <laughs> I mean, and like, and again, he understands that that's who he is, but you know, he's also a person. He even tweeted like this morning at one thirty in the morning that he loves music yeah, and wants to make. I saw a, that. He wants to make a rap album, but he's not going to rap. Like, he just... I feel like the All Star Game was meant to be fun, like in yes. its origin. So if you can't have an All Star Game and have people, players want to be there, don't have it. Like that's not. Right, yes. It takes out all the fun. They don't want to be. Yes. And it, it's they're they're saying it. They're being very blatant. Like we do not want to go to this thing. We don't want to participate. We want a few days off. And I 100% agree with that because it has been such a uh, you know that the the overlap here. So from the yeah. the end of last season to the start of this season, they didn't get a whole lot of time off. They're all back at it. They don't get a lot of time off during the, like, just give them a few days off. I don't, and you could just, you know, have the titles like, okay, you're an all-star, you're an all-star, but the, you don't have to have all the festivities that most people can't go to anyways. Right. So this is kind of like what the NFL did with the Pro right. Bowl this just year. Say, like, yeah. Right, yeah. Just give them the title. You're elected to the Pro That's Bowl. It. That's <laughs> it. I, yeah. I don't see 
why it's necessary to do this. And I, I'm fully 100% with LeBron and everyone else who feels this way because it's just, you know, give them a break. And I know yeah. it's hard. Yes. Oh, you're giving millionaires breaks. No, but like they are, they, they, they put their bodies through so much for entertainment, for money. Like this is what they do. So, yeah. and in a, during a time where like there's just been this whole year has been so hard on everyone. Like just let the guys relax for a few days. What's the problem? Yes. And, and also, like, I, and I'm not going to, like, go to bat for, like, millionaires and billionaires the way, you know, fans of the Tolkien's mm-hmm. do. But it doesn't matter if you make $10 an hour or $1,000 an hour or at the rate LeBron's going, he probably makes $100,000 an hour. It doesn't matter what your salary is. You're still yeah. human. Yes. And I think that's the part that I feel like people lose sight of because LeBron is a source of entertainment. For, for sports fans and even if you're not a sports fan because he's done movies and he's just he's an interesting character yeah. so even if you're not interested in sports like LeBron is a source of entertainment and that's fine that's what he wants like he he understood that life when he went into it but also like just because he is like your escape from reality or your source of entertainment that doesn't make him any less human yeah. 100% yeah, could not agree more. I think it's dumb that they're having it, to be honest with you. Yeah. There's there's no – I mean, there's no fans. It's just yeah. like, what is the point? Exactly. What is the point? We, we will survive. We will survive. I hope, I hope they do, like, the dunk contest and LeBron just, like, deliberately flops. <laughs> like, how fun like, – <laughs> Like that, I feel like that would be way more entertaining than for him to actually go out there and try because that's what he's expected to do. Like I don't know, I don't know if he typically participates in the dunk contest. I think he does, but I don't know. That'd he be really doesn't. Funny. No, he he never but has. He that's oh, been that's been one of his oh. knocks. Like we've never seen LeBron in a dunk contest. That's what he should do. He should just be yeah, in a dunk contest. I don't. Okay. It's, yeah. I don't know. I just think it'd be funny for him to like go into one of the skills competitions and just like purposely be bad just i don't know i i would like that i think it's funny um i have i have to air a quick grievance yes please yeah my boyfriend did not vote for colin sexton for the all-star game i just right before we started recording this episode he told me that and i was like you son of a bitch are you (laughs) i was gonna say are you on speaking terms right not now. Not really, no. I told him. Okay, I was like, because... You put me in a real bad headspace right before I record this, <laughs> and I'm going to blast you for it because you had so long... How many reminders did I put out there on Twitter? This is why... A million? I, yes. Uh, a exactly. I said, this is your daily reminder to vote for Colin Sexton for the All-Star Game. So I called him right before we did this, and I didn't understand how the announcements went because I saw that some players were announced, and then I saw, like, a top 10 list of guards, and I was like, hey, did Colin Sexton make the All-Star Game? And he said... No, the reserves aren't until uh, February 23rd, he said. Um, but, you know, don't expect him to, to be in it. And I was like, what What the hell do you mean don't expect? I, like, I'm already attached. I'm in love with the idea of him being in it. So it's too late. That ship has sailed. And I was like, so, Danny, did you vote for Colin Sexton at all? He said, I didn't vote for anyone. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> excuse me, sir? How do you, like, what... I don't think I've ever been this dis. I mean, I have been this disrespected and way worse. <laughs> but this one hurts. My my whole I soul mean, hurts right now. Danny, you know how important this is to I, Brittany. Like, right? I have Come every on. right to be mad. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, since we're airing grievances, yeah, let's go. Let's I go. am also on 
no speaking terms with my husband for a different reason, but kind of related because it has to do with Cleveland sports. <laughs> he casually just like brought up to me while he was making lunch today. Like if the Browns should, he made the comment, the Browns should trade Baker for Deshaun. And I literally Jeff, turned around. Jeff, Jeff. I almost dropped the plate I was holding. <laughs> I was like, what did you say? Read the room, he was, Jeff. What did you say? <laughs> it's like the it's like the record scratch room. It's like record scratch. <laughs> yep, that's me. You must be wondering how I got there. Yeah. It's like Brie like is paused about to like, hit him over the head with the plate. <laughs> So then we got into like a full on argument slash, I mean, voices were raised in this discussion slash argument. And then also I just have to bring up, first of all, I won the argument because I I was like, this would never be a straight up trade, first of all. So no, the Browns are not better with Deshaun Watson because they still wouldn't have a defense and we would just be watching 2020 Deshaun Watson play all over again. So conversation over. Goodbye, Jeff. Also, you shaved off your beard and you only have a mustache. I'm creeped out. He has a mustache (laughs) and no beard. You're going to see it. He decided on Tuesday that he and like this is the other thing he just casually walks down the stairs without his beard and a mustache oh, i was like you can't my you can't gosh. you can't come up on me like that like i need a forewarning of how creepy you're going to look oh my god <laughs> you know it's so funny brie when you told us about your argument earlier today i've i've been uh re-watching community so this is going to be my weekly community drop but the minute you brought that up the first thing that i thought of was uh, Shirley going, Jeffrey! <laughs> <laughs> okay, the other thing, you guys will see it tomorrow, but the other thing about the mustache that, like, creeps me out the most is I can't see his top lip. <laughs> so it's just, I need to he looks see like, this. he looks like the Lorax. I'm so excited. From Dr. Seuss. Like, uh-huh, I was like, I can't. And he, like, smiles at me with the mu- I'm like, the mustache oh, no. is so, oh, no. Okay, are you, are you sure, are you sure he hasn't, like, dabbled into like dr seuss cosplay for tiktok or something like that i tried to take a tiktok of it and i was like i can't do this i can't do this i can't do this right now i i just like the mustache has got to go it really does really has to go it's like a porn stash it's like a mix between a porn stash and like a pedophile like a like a criminal i'm like you look you look so creepy oh anyway Sorry, husband. I mean, I do love you, and you can grow a killer beard. I just prefer a beard. Yes, a beard or nothing at all. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Man. Like, if you're going to trim it, like, trim the mustache, yeah. too. Like, it can't, it can't. And then someone responded and was like, that's a baker move. So, like, really? <laughs> you should do and this. they were right. Like, remember when oh, he yeah. shaved his off? Yeah. That, I mean, he did that yeah. in the matter of one game. He had a beard, and then he had a mustache. Yeah, that and then he had a the Fu I'm gonna tell Jeff to do and then that. He tomorrow. shaved it off. <laughs> he probably will. He probably will. And you have to remind him that the manscaped is for his balls, not his face. That's right. That is right because you should not share the same grooming tools down there and on your face. So, like I, like I feel like that sh- we shouldn't have to say it, but we we gotta say it. Yes, we definitely have to say it. Ball hair requires different grooming. <laughs> <laughs> we are experts, guys. We are experts. Yes, we are. No. I mean, I mean, Manscaped loves us. I've learned a lot. We've learned a lot with Manscaped. There, yeah. I mean, listen. If you're going to maintain yourself, you know, that's just part of it. 
And if you want, so my dad has a mustache. I think he like so he shaved uh his like facial hair just like into a mustache when he was like in college in the seventies, and that's just how it's been. He's never like been like as long as my mom has known him my entire life. So like at this point, um, you know, he can't be without a mustache. He kind of resembles Albert Einstein a little bit. <laughs> so like if you need, like Jeff can talk to my dad about like mustache maintenance because my dad's been maintaining his mustache for like 40 years. I will say like men with facial hair, the amount of grooming supplies that they need to maintain the so facial hair, funny. it is ridiculous. Like and I thought the amount of product that I used like to keep my hair like nice and curly and like keep it from getting frizzy. Like I thought that was outrageous, but it pales in comparison. It really, it really does. There's like the beard oil and there's a special brush and there is cream and there. Special shampoo and conditioner for it. Yeah. But like, I am a big fan. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's like beard jewelry you can buy to like decorate (laughs) your man's beard. So I like really want to like put glitter all over it. I may, I may, Layla has some glitter hairspray. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow for a special occasion. So we will see. We will see. Oh, this was a fun show. I needed this laugh. I really missed this last week. Absolutely. Um, as always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We we went long tonight. We had a long one for you. We can't wait to chat next week. Maybe there'll be some movement on the J.J. Watt front. We'll be able to break down um, NBA chatter, I'm sure, will continue to happen. So thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to download us on your listening platform. And, hey, leave us a rate and review. We would love to hear from you. Um, positive feedback only, right? Meredith mentioned you have to send hate mail in by actual yes. letter form. So Yes, we have our P.O. box listed on our website at girlgangcle.com. So if you are very upset by women talking about sports and you want to send us a hate mail, you have to use the U.S. Postal Service and send us a handwritten letter to our P.O. Yes. box. Yeah, I've given up Twitter, Twitter trolls for Lent, so um, <laughs> I guess you can only contact me by postal service. So, all right, guys, we'll have a wonderful weekend, and we will talk to you all next week. 